Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. This is Nathan Schwartz. Joining me from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. How you doing, Nate? Good to see you. I, I'm in a state of perplexitude. Uh, Miami has just beat Denver at home. And I, I'll go ahead and say it. I didn't give them much chance in this series. Did you? I didn't either. No, not at all. I said what Denver. I said Denver in six. But to my friends, I said Denver in four. I hear that. I, I was firmly on the Denver and five if camp and I, I think I texted you with like minutes left in the fourth quarter uh he in six there are two kinds of texts I get when sports are happening one is a completely insane reactionary take from Nate flipping what he thought was going to happen on its head the other one is for my friends Max and John who will text player x just blew out his knee every single time that player is fine they're going to come back in a few minutes they just knock knees to somebody they're okay that i get those texts on the daily where it's like heat and six damn bio just died they're bringing out the stretcher for him never mind he's fine back in the game i would like to say i'm not one of those people that sends you those texts despite watching anthony davis that's true but- you're you're brave to be able to handle that to be like because even when i'm watching if i'm watching davis i'll text that at group chats my fantasy basketball group chat and be like oh my god davis is his arm just popped out of his socket never mind he's fine ah he's fallen he's hit his head he's concussed he'll be <laughs> out for three weeks nope nope it was just an elbow this heat team it's almost like it was so obvious yet so convoluted i don't know how he missed it jimmy butler is an incredible shot maker bam at a bio defends the rim and every other player shoots 45 percent from three and they can beat anybody I think the difference in the regular season was they were not shooting 45% from three. Yeah, and that that really helps when you are shooting good, close yeah. to 50%. It's a, yeah. it's a good trait to have. It's a good uh, thing you want your basketball team to be doing. They just, especially with Jokic, who, you know, he's incredible, obviously, but he does struggle to guard the three-point line. We understand that. Not his fault, but we get that. And the Heat are just, they rained threes. And they missed a lot in game one, and they made all of them in game two. And really, that was the difference. And they, they do a good job of playing the hot hand. And Caleb Martin was sick today. He got 21 minutes, one for three. Caleb Martin was the hero of the Eastern Conference Finals. He almost got the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Today, the hero was Duncan Robinson in the fourth and Max Struess in the first. Like They do. They find the hot, they find the hot player. Max Struess went three for four in like the opening minutes from three it was like first six minutes he finished the game four for ten from three which i mean you gotta live with that you you shoot ten threes you make four of them like the defense wants that to only be three out of ten like you can live with one more three but it they just seem to rotate to the hot hand a number of times and kyle lowry drawing that big three shot free throw in the fourth that was huge um kevin love getting his rebounds his outlet pass, he had a good stop on Jokic. What I want to think it was 66 to 69. Yeah, there it is in my notes. 66-69. He gets a good stop. It ignites a break. KCP gets back and stops Butler. And I'm like, that that love defense is going to be just completely overshadowed. No one's going to talk about that. So I wanted to make a point of it. I, I thought Miami was going to lose this going into the fourth. They're down five or six. It seemed like in the second, Denver blew it open. Denver was getting transition. And so I'm starting to game plan. I'm starting to like write my post-game analysis for this pod of what can Miami do differently. And they didn't do it, but they kind of did it. My, my thought was that they just looked gassed. Christian Braun was coming in and just out-efforting Max Struess. And I was like, they need to find more guys. It doesn't matter. Just I was going to say play Highsmith a little bit more because he brought good energy in that uh, game one. But they put in Duncan Robinson, who is over on the game and he hits his first four shots and they go on this 13-2 run like i think there is something 
to if you're going to play in a mile high atmosphere and you're going to play Denver, who doesn't have a lot of depth, if you can just platoon guys out there and run Denver ragged, now you have a shot. You've got another opportunity. You just got to stay fresher than they can. Miami did go 10 deep and Denver just eight. And that, that's a big difference because Highsmith got six minutes, Zeller got eight minutes, and that's minutes that Struess isn't playing, that Vincent isn't playing, that Love doesn't have to play, and you can stay fresher. It's minutes that Butler didn't have to play. That fourth yeah. quarter, they don't bring him back till it was like six and a half, six fifty. They bring him back into the game. You know, they they took the lead. They got on this run without Jimmy Butler. I do have to say, I think that was an all-time bad performance from KCP. Uh, it's just it's a bad performance from KCP and a bad performance from Michael Porter Jr. His foul on Jimmy Butler, uh, what was it like two and a half minutes left? Or sorry, not Butler on Bam. You know, it's like two and a half minutes left in the game. Miami milks a ton of clock. They finally get the perfect uh, Bam Lowry pick and roll that results in a, a Bam dunk. A- and he doesn't come in to help. He just kind of whacks him at the end, which makes no consequential defensive play, gives him the and one and basket. Like, Porter had a really rough game. I told my dad that the Nuggets need to watch Bad Boy Pistons highlights to remember how to really foul people. Because Gordon did the same thing where with Butler had him had Gordon on his back and then he takes the shot and he flails into him and Gordon barely touches him. But why touch him at all? Mm-hmm. Why do the drag your body across his back? You know that's gonna get called and it's you know it's gonna be an easy shot and and the KCP foul on sorry, the KCP I think it's Struess, right? I forget who shot them. But KCP fouled someone at the end of the half and they had him cornered basically and he just hits his arm. He just sticks his arm out, slaps his arm because he's trying to make a super play and hit the ball mm-hmm. instead of just, you had already forced the 35-footer. Like, so let's just take that. Um, not great. And offensively, he, he took four shots. He made one. He had six points and six fouls. He was negative 14 in the game. They lost by three. That, that was disastrous. Yeah. What's kind of crazy, though, is despite how good the bench ended that fourth quarter, Lowry's still negative 15 on the game. Doug Robinson's <laughs> negative six. Like, they were in there in that second quarter and got blitzed off the floor. And Van Gundy said it. He's like, I'm surprised that Spo went back to these guys. But he went back to them. And Lowry and Robinson were huge. Lowry finished the game for them. I do have to admit something. I need your help. I was writing my graduation thank you cards tonight, and I was taking breaks from watching the game. And I missed every time the Nuggets were playing well. <laughs> So I didn't see I didn't see the run in the second quarter and I didn't see I, I didn't see the run when the hero up by 12 at the end of the game. My dad was like, all right, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, I need to go finish up those cards one second. And then I hear him hooting and hollering telling me to come back. And it was a game again. And then I watched him lose. So fill me in. What does what, what a good Denver team look like? I, I mean, second quarter really actually final couple of minutes of the first quarter into the start of the second quarter. They had this defensive spark. Christian Braun hits two shots. He gets two steals. Also, uh, Bruce Brown pokes loose the steal, but they're getting loose. They're flowing in transition. Murray gets free for a three, and Murray starts to cook. I text, we, we'd been texting um, about Murray's potential breaking of our top 200. And I was like, well, he needs, he needs to get a finals MVP. Like, you can't be a top 200 player without being an all-star. But you get a finals MVP, we'll, we'll, we'll make an exception. Um... And I, I texted you through the first quarter, like, there's no way he's going to do it. And then he has the second quarter where he gets an open three and he gets um, a fast break dunk. And then he's feeling himself and he kind of shimmies at Bam. He gets switched onto him um, and, and hits this really tough, like, step back fadeaway. And you you must have seen that because you texted me at that point. You're like, you sure? 
You sure he's not getting finals MVP? That is what a good Denver team looks like is when they're in transition and when Murray is cooking. Because they've got like three main offenses. They've got their transition offense. They've got Jokic offense, which is either a pass or a hip post up. And they've got Murray creating offense. Miami did a really good job of limiting two of those. They limited, I mean, two and a half because they, they took away Jokic's passing. But... They did. I was going to mention that next. I appreciate the synopsis on what Denver looked like when they were playing well, but Jokic still had 41 and 11, but the four assists to the five turnovers, and he had some He had some turnovers where the pass to Michael Porter Jr. towards the end of the game just straight in between his teammates, and you really never see that from him. And that's Miami getting him out of rhythm. Covering the passing lanes when he didn't expect it, being places they weren't in game one. Now the passing lanes look different. And that, I think they really affected Jokic. And he's still just as good as ever, but Murray wasn't his shot creating self. I mean, he only took 15 shots. And although that was still the second most, it just, it just felt like he wasn't going crazy. I mean, the Nuggets still shot 52%, but the Heat responded with 48% from three. I still do feel really good about Denver's chances. They lost home court advantage. Do we think the Heat are going to shoot 48% every game? Even if they give them 41%, that's a big enough drop-off where they lost this game, and I don't think Denver played particularly well. Yeah. I mean, there was a point early in the second, or I guess midway through the second, it's 38-50 to 50 after Kevin Love made three, and the announcers you know, pointed it out. At that time, Miami had shot 8 for 15 from three. 24 of their first 38 points are three-point shots. If they shoot 40% from three, which is still a very respectable three-point percentage, they lose this game significantly. You know, that is, what, two, three, threes less? This, I mean, I guess it's not significant, but it, it's a loss at that point. You know, they needed to shoot 50% for this to be a game, and you can probably do that one more time. You might even be able to get a Jimmy Butler game, um, which would extend the series to seven, but I, I don't know that it's super sustainable. I don't know that it's super repeatable. I also think Denver will figure out a way to use Jokic more as a passer. Um, Jokic kind of got locked into scoring. I will say, like, the mentality, he, he got locked into it a bit. Um, there is a possession I'm looking forward to in my notes here where he bullies his way into the, the basket with, like, two minutes left-ish. Um, there it is. It's, uh, it's when it's... 111 to 106. He believes his way to the basket. He gets the basket. He makes it at 111-108, but he has Michael Porter Jr. wide open for three on the far side corner, and Porter shot one for six for three for the game, but I feel like a normal Jokic play would be to hit that corner man. So I'm just, I think he got too focused on scoring there at the end. I agree. I think they should go to the Michael Porter Jr. game. Let's see what happens when Porter Jr. takes 35 shots. Come on, no better time to experiment a little bit. No. I mean, you got some wiggle room. You got some some chances. You got a lot less now that uh, you've lost home court advantage. That's true. I like their ability to, to adjust, though. If I, I like Michael Malone as a coach. Jokic, I know, I know Jokic knows what got to him in this game, and they're going to game plan. They're going to come back to Miami, and I'm sure they're going to. I'd be shocked if they don't take at least one. They're going to leave this, leave Miami two two again. It's going to be a great series. Yeah, yeah. What are your? If you had to give a big three. Um, what, what does Denver need to do to respond? Cover three-point shooters better. I'd say a little less. I think that's, a, that's the number one thing, is they got they got torched from outside. But in, in terms of their own offense, I felt like I felt like the passes weren't crisp. And this is like elementary school basketball stuff, but I, I just felt so many passes out to the perimeter. Jamal Murray catches it, stumbles for a second. And that half second, 
Jimmy Butler closes out, cuts that off. And if you just get those right, get the timing right, and I'm sure they'll fix the timing of that, knowing Jokic, knowing the Nuggets. Um, do you have a third, a third idea? I think they need to win the energy game. They have yeah. to be more aggressive. They have to be faster. They have to get out and run. Because uh, as soon as they got out and ran in that second and quarter, the game blew wide open. And I think that's probably where they got 80% of their fast break points is that couple minute stretch. I did get a notification from ESPN that says Malone. Mike Malone says, for a huge concern, Coach Mike Malone expresses worry over Nuggets' lack of discipline in Game 2 loss, which is kind of with the passes and with the with the effort. I felt like but the all the loose balls go to Miami. That's just part of what the Heat do is they dive on the ground no matter how tired they are. They crash the offensive glass. They're going to make you work the entire time. Well, in that second quarter, Denver was the team that was working. Christian Brown, Christian Brown was just outworking guys you know bruce brown was getting his steals like there's a reason when you look at denver's bench hey jeff green plus 12 bruce brown plus 14 christian brown plus eight those guys came in and hustled i still and love then, bruce brown i really do although i do think he's one of the he has some of the worst like all right i got this plays where they come down and he just takes one screen and floats it up and i'm like there's just too many offensive weapons on this team to do that that can't be the first shot Sixteen with 16 seconds left in the shot clock. Can I tell you, we were struggling through names the other day when we were working on our top 200. That's true. I say Bruce Brown, and I'm like, no, that's the, the old Spurs guy. What is this guy's name again? I'm like, oh, wait, no, the Spurs guy was Bruce Bowen. This is this is Bruce <laughs> Brown. And I just every time I, I like think I get it wrong. I'm like, no, no, it, it actually is just Bruce Brown. Funny. Hey, Bruce Bowen made eight all-defensive teams. You think he's going to crack the top? We haven't even talked about him. He's, he's got to be like a... Like, like, and that's top 200, but like, if we do top 75 small forwards, I mean, I think top 80 make top 100? Top 100? Defenses were something, right? I don't think we've seen, because I think top 100, it's like Harrison Barnes, number 102, Harry, like, it's, it gets dark. I, I think we can still find all stars at 100. Okay. Okay. Small, small forward is an incredibly deep position all the time. That's true. That's true, not as. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to focus on the all-time stuff right now, but... Yeah, I got sidetracked. I always do. Well, I was, I was about to sidetrack a little bit further. I know we were talking about how high <laughs> Jokic could be, but if they fail... That's a good, that's a good conversation. I mean, we feel like, hey, he's top 25 all-time if they win this. He's, you know, probably a little bit behind the the KG, Giannis, um, Dirk kind of conglomerate because of lack of longevity. But if he fails to win this... I don't know. I, I just assumed he would win it. That's all I looked at is what if he wins it? Kind of assuming he'll win it. If he wins it, or if he doesn't win it, I mean, I think like I have like twenty fourth, then behind Wade is fine. Do you accept that? And then like nineteenth if he does win it, because it's a big, it's a substantial jump from from the Wades of the world to like the Dirks of the world. I I don't think he gets that high. I think he's in the thirties. I think he's probably more like in the Kawhi yeah. Leonard range. Into without yeah, a championship, I get it. I get it. So, you gotta have both. You have to have both the MVP and the rings. It's, yeah, it's regular season success and playoff success. But in that in that case, it's I mean, Chris Paul doesn't have an MVP. Neither does Pippen or Havlicek or Barry, which is the greatest like Mandela effect ever. Rick Barry never won MVP in either league, ABA or M NBA. Never happens. Um, Kawhi, no. Dolph Shays, Patrick Ewing don't get to that level. The, the guy with the MVP is David Robinson, and that's. A, bad MVP season. Jokic is he's better than all of those guys. I think he'd at least have to be ahead of Chris Paul. I can't I can't say Chris Paul is better than Jokic, man. And you can't say that. It's a great long career. It's a great It's a great long, long career. career, but I think Jokic is in, in he's made a conference finals and a finals and, and he's been like the guy. He's been the best player in the world. 
yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like four seasons. Like the best player of the in the world, though, for four it's seasons. Four seasons. <laughs> it's more than it's more than just four seasons. He almost won three shit MVPs, and he's in right. Harden could make the finals. And all right, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look at it when it's done. I'm just I'm just having it some momentary freakouts. It's like this this is great. I fucking love Miami. I love incredible. what they've been, been doing, and it's. It's a team effort. It's a conglomeration. Duncan Robinson's came up huge for them today. Lowry came up huge in the second quarter at times. Um, Struess in the first. It it was good. I do want to focus in a little bit on that last play. What do you think about Denver? A, not calling a timeout. And B, when Murray brings the ball up the court, he is defended by Gabe Vincent. And Jokic comes and brings the screen, which switches Jimmy Butler onto him. I can't believe they did that. Jimmy Butler is the last person. I think if I had to pick all time, people I don't want guarding the ball handler on the last play, it's like Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Scottie Pippen. Not too far down is Jimmy Butler. Like, don't bring a, keep him, just walk into like this tunnel. Just take yeah. him with you. Get him away from me. And he had been giving them trouble all game on ball. Like, it couldn't get by him. Um, I don't mind not calling a timeout because Eric Spolster would have drawn up the greatest there would have been six guys on the court, an eighth guy covering, two guys covering the, the inbounder, like invisible men. Spolster would have pulled off something insane to prevent that inbounds pass from coming off clean. He puts in Udonis Haslam. But yeah, you know, who knows what he's going to do. Haslam's been saving up his legs for seven seasons. All of a sudden, he's super fast. He can jump really high. Um, I like the no timeout because I think the Heat are most vulnerable when it is just kind of spontaneous and the, and the Nuggets are good at that spontaneous kind of play. If you slow it down, you give them a chance to look at a whiteboard, you're toast. The one thing is just, as soon as I got that Butler switch, which happened with like four or five seconds left, I call a timeout at that point. I realize what's happening. I don't want this to happen because that, that was bad. That's, I mean, that was- he came close though. It was a close shot to, to, he came close to making that shot though. Sure. Sure, I thought we were going to have overtime. I thought we were going to delay the pot. I thought I was going to be up till 1 a.m. Uh, I was going to go to bed. I was going to go to bed if it was, if it was overtime. Talk tomorrow. Then, then I would have done a solo pod. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I haven't seen Dylan in so long. I miss I miss I our I miss our New Zealand friend. Yeah, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon there. He has no excuse. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, what time He's is it busy. there for you? It's uh, it is eight fourteen currently p.m. Yeah, it's two o'clock in the afternoon for him. Man, Dylan. come on, Dylan, get on this pod. Yeah, he's probably. I'm, re- I, I'm just watching this game and I'm thinking about when we do our top 100 players heading to next season, and I'm, I, I'm like, are we gonna have the Jimmy Butler is one or two conversation? Even even if he loses this, like, is is it? It's Jokic and then him. Like, are we still gonna have the KD talk? Is Dylan still gonna do that to us? Do you think? Do you think he would do the KD talk again? I I think I, I think there's a chance. There's I mean, a chance. The thing about Butler, though, like, if the shot isn't falling, he's grabbing rebounds. He's stopping the ball in defense. Yes. He's passing. When KD's shot isn't falling anymore, it, maybe it's a Suns issue. Maybe it's a Salmon issue. He's getting older. He's not too much older than Butler, though. I don't really know what KD does well when he's not knocking down those jumpers. He's knocking down jumpers so frequently where you barely notice it. But for Butler, I feel like he 
he controls the game so well. Yesterday I made a video about Larry Bird just talking about how people bash him for the 81 finals because he doesn't win finals MVP, but I think he's still incredible because his shot isn't falling, just 15 points per game, but he grabs the most rebounds he ever does in his career in a playoff series, plus seven assists, plus two steals a game. There's just no way to scheme Larry Bird out of a game. And what I said was that when the shots aren't falling, great players are still great. That's still Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. He figures out a way. I mean, at this point, he's got 34 points on the series. So what is that? 17 points per game, uh, eight assists per game, like five and a half rebounds. But that doesn't really tell the full story. It's it's amazing defense. It's let me do the little things. Let me die for loose balls. And like going into that fourth quarter, Van Gundy, again, he says it. Hey, Butler struggled with his shot this series. Doesn't matter. They're still better with him on the floor. If KD shots not fall, is his team better with him on the floor? I don't think I've seen KD cut backdoor in, in nine years. <laughs> Maybe in like the 2012 Thunder, he made a few backdoor cuts. But Okay, I know Denver lost, but I just want to appreciate that uh, Murray passed to Jokic that he catches with his right hand, one-handed, and without dribbling, without anything, just like changes his wrist and flicks it to Gordon for the like half alley-oop. I wish he dunked that. That was one of the best passing highlights I've seen all season. It was incredible. You remember that, um, I think, Amon Shumpert to J.R. Smith lob in New York? Mm-hmm. It was like almost that. I could picture him doing that, but he just didn't do it. I, I mean, I think, Aaron, if that was the first play of the game, Gordon's putting that between his legs, dunking it behind his head. But it was a little bit later in the game. They're tired. Yeah. All right, so my keys for Miami going into game two to try to take the, or going into game three to try to take the 2-1 lead is stick with a deep rotation. You don't have the top-end talent, so you need to have the overwhelming talent. Try and get Butler going. I know he's being defended by Aaron Gordon, but if you can get him going, it opens up a lot of things for the passing game. And then three, and this was another thing that we didn't really touch on yet, but they attacked Jamal Murray to start this game. They put him in pick and roll five out of their first seven possessions or so it felt. And just said, hey, we're going to have Bam go at you. We're going to have Jimmy go at you. Bam took him into the post. Jimmy, he took him off the dribble. And he didn't score a basket the entire first first quarter. And I think that's because they were attacking him defensively and really making him work. And if you can tire him out there, that that pays such dividends. Or if you can give him foul trouble, that's huge in, in how it can limit Denver. One of Denver's best players, when you got him on defense, you tire him out. What a hell of a strategy in terms of, because Jamal Murray, we've seen him gas at the end of these games. Mm -hmm. We've seen him tired, struggling to get the ball up and down, but he's still been incredible. But if you just get at him a little bit extra, it's exponential in terms of the end of the game. And, and they, 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 I mean, the Denver, Denver really made a, an attempt to come back, but that start of the fourth where Miami was just hitting big shot after big shot after big shot, every Jimmy Butler shot that he made, is, all of them felt like they were impossibly difficult. I like fell out of the couch, basically. Like, oh my God, just off. Oh, I had to even make that. Jimmy's so dangerous because he, in the playoffs, he decides he can shoot threes again. He is fast enough to split pick and rolls and go around pick and, and use pick and rolls to get into the mid-range and hit those. Um, he does that Chris Paul move where he kind of goes past the free throw line, and then he pulls up going right to going um, left to right. And if you get a smaller guy on him, he just posts that guy up and scores automatically because he is so strong. They, I think KCP got stuck on him. It was like no one was there. KCP's not tall enough, not big enough. And it's just, it's a mismatch nightmare constantly. And goddamn, Jimmy Butler's good. I told my dad that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He was very surprised. 
Oh, that that is absolutely true. If if the NBA did their 75 at 75, but it was next season or after the season, he makes that list. You know what, he was 80th for us coming into the season? Yeah, he was. I had him in my adjustments. I think if I said if he won, I put him up to 48. It's so yeah. tricky because he's had a pretty good career. It's essentially like a Kawhi-esque run, except for he's doesn't have any good regular seasons, um, and it's just tough to put him above guys that have done it, guys that are you know, 10, 12, 11-time All-Stars. Um, why I win that order when I listed those numbers, I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if he wins it, you have to put him above Dwight, who he had somewhere close to 50. I forget, it was like 51, 52. If, yeah, if he doesn't he's better, win... better than Dwight. Better than Stockton, better than T-Mac. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, if he doesn't win, then from a legacy standpoint, you probably still put Dwight over him. Yeah. But it, it's... But he's it's over Paul Pierce. He's better than, than oh, Westbrook. Paul Pierce. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I knew you'd get on that. I know the sure, Lakers, I'll... you know, wants to hear about, hear about Paul Pierce. He's better than, you know, and, and this is good. He's he, Joel Embiid's going to move up a ton, but not ahead of Jimmy. If, like I don't think yeah. so. You get to the MVP level, but what do you take, though? The MVP or turning it the fuck on in the playoffs, demolishing the one seed, getting to the Knicks while he was hurt, crushing the Celtics, like, and not just crushing them. I honestly think the way that they beat them was worse. And if they just swept them, it was like, I, I was trying to think of an analogy because I was looking a lot of, I was looking at um Tim Duncan runs recently and just like, in awe at what he was mm-hmm. capable of and the way they would beat teams was just like calculated and slow like just a slow strangulation of like a not great team in 2003 they beat the suns in the first round and it's in six but it's like you knew i knew i knew that you knew that they were the suns were never going to beat the spurs the the spurs almost paced themselves the way they crushed teams and that's what jimmy butler feels like where he he paces himself in in ripping your heart out I think we're pretty much done with Denver and Miami, so I don't mind going down this Denver or this uh, San Antonio tangent. But I was yeah. also looking into the 2003 Spurs because I was trying to find what teams have won without a second All-Star. Technically, Jamal Murray is not an All-Star. At least he wasn't this season. Technically, he has never been and isn't. Well, Aaron Gordon. Was Aaron Gordon an All-Star? Why do I feel no. like Aaron Gordon was an All-Star? I feel He's like he was one season in Orlando. No, and that's not true either, Nate. Come on, pull it together. <laughs> Basically, I, I was trying to figure out, because comparables for this Denver team, should they win the championship? And there's always the easy comparable of, oh, Houston won with Hakeem, and he played a team without <laughs> Okay, but Drexler was all NBA. That, that's, that's a whole different conversation. It excludes them. Well, the, the 94 team, um, oh, you sure. could say was no other All-Stars, except yeah. for Otis Thorpe made it. Uh, in 92 and so it's just being an all-star two seasons prior people like to it does it doesn't count i i have a i have a tangent on that hakeem run well, um, wait wait because wait, no, i'm not gonna is, do I'm, it i'm segueing into my tangent for the 2003 spurs <laughs> no other spur made the all-star team that year no. and you can you can say well he had manu he had david robinson he had uh tony parker they're not good like Parker's the second best player. He's 20 years old. He's averaging 15 points and five assists. That's definitely not an all-star. David Robinson is in the playoffs. He's seven points, six boards. Manu is nine points. They're not good. I made a, I just made a video on the 03 Spurs. And what I said in that video was the Spurs had a bunch of guys that were good. David Robinson, Steve Smith, a bunch of guys that would be good. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. But no mm-hmm. one that was really good then, except for Duncan, who is mm-hmm. like 25 points, 17 boards, five assists, five blocks a night, just destroying. 
everyone in front of them, um, that's really an incredible team. I don't know how we got here to this conversation, but... I don't know either, which I think probably means it's a good place for us to wrap up. This Sounds is going to be a great. short pod post, uh, post game, but I guess, who are you taking in game three? I'll go Denver. That's back. Mm. Yeah, to keep my Denver and five hopes alive, I have to pick Denver, but Miami, Miami played fantastic. They did. All right, where can the people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. One word, by the way. It's just one word. If you look up possible, then chairs, it's just chairs. It's like people standing on chairs. <laughs> find me at Hoops Temple. I think it's actually Hoops Temple Pod on TikTok, uh, but also Hoops Temple at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know what you think of the show. We'll answer questions if we ever get some in the mailbag. <laughs>